You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Nieves started playing sports in the sixth grade, including volleyball, track and field, and cheerleading. In volleyball, she earned Conference Player of the Year honors her senior year in high school and went on to play at the collegiate level. Born without a left hand, she was invited by USA Volleyball to a National City Volleyball Development Camp in 2011. Now that she has one Paralympic gold medal, she is hungry for another and aiming for Paris 2024. On top of that, Nikki is currently in grad school, and she founded Limitless People, a nonprofit dedicated to promoting the sport of volleyball for all. So, Nikki, I know that you were uh, born in Queens, but moved mm-hmm. to Florida pretty early on in your age. Uh, how was that um, transition like? Um, <laughs> at first, when you go, especially like, you know, you're a kid, you go, and I'm like, oh, it won't be that bad. You know, you're going to go to Disney all the time. Um hot you're gonna be at the beach all the time and then you get there and like reality hits and that's not the case at all um (laughs) and life was just so different in terms of like man just like transportation so like we've always had a car but like if my dad's at work we'll just hop on the train or hop on the bus um and that was not a thing um again like being a city girl you can walk to the store there's a corner store that also wasn't a thing Right. Uh, right. So just very different gators. um, Very different. And honestly, I I I told my mom the other day, too, it was funny. I was like, the only reason that we stayed here is because she was literally, she was like, I either have to find a job to, like, take my mind off of it or we're going back to New York. (laughs) Um, And she found a job. She's like, oh, okay. It's not that bad. I'm like, okay. It's all all good now, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely grown on me. Definitely, like, I don't know. I see myself like growing old and gray in Florida. So <laughs> then you'll fit in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I know early on you played uh, a number of sports. Uh, sports kind of was was part of your life growing up. I think did you start like around sixth grade? I think I I read or learned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did volleyball, I ran track, and I did field events as well. And I was a cheerleader, which was like my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and and you did those through how old did you? I did them all the way through high school. Yeah. Um, track, I stopped junior year. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I did it just because like my dad was a track runner, my sister was a track runner. Um, and I kind of wanted to like, like be in like the group my brother wasn't he was a baseball player but I was like oh, I'm gonna be in the group and then the time just went on and I'll never forget I was like oh my god I hate track like it's fun like the track meets and stuff but like practice isn't fun running is not my jam uh so <laughs> junior year of high school I quit um and then senior year did I cheer through? I did cheer through senior year but uh my head coach 
She, I used to like double dip. So I did football cheering and volleyball and they're at the same season. Oh. Um, so once it came to senior year, she was like, you got to give one up. And of course I was like, oh, I love cheering, but I don't want to give volleyball up. So I did a volleyball and then for basketball season, I cheered. So why did she have you make that decision like your last year? Um, honestly, maybe like deep down inside, I knew like after high school, I wasn't going to cheer anymore. Um, and realistically, like I had never even thought of like the possibility of like going to school on a cheer scholarship or even cheering competitively. It was just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, once I graduate, it's just kind of like done. And honestly, like, if for me personally, like, if you're going to school to be an ex-athlete, like, your focuses should be there. That was just, like, me. Because um, it just, it gets hard to, like, split them. And, yeah, it was just, for, in my mind, I was like, this is messy. It's too much. I'd rather just, like, keep my focus on one thing. So, my head, I was like, oh, I see myself playing volleyball after high school. So, we'll just stay there. And I really didn't want to disappoint her. Like my high school coach was like my second mom. So she was like, you have to choose. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I stayed with volleyball and yeah, just cheered for basketball. <laughs> and, and at that point you probably still, were you familiar with adaptive sports or were you, cause you were, imagine those were sports you were all playing just uh, with everybody yeah. else, right? I didn't know, honestly, I didn't know anything about adaptive sport until I got into college. Um, and neither did my parents. It kind of, it's like one of those things where I always tell people like you're a leprechaun and so you realize that you're not. So mentally, I know that I'm not the only person out there with one hand, but my whole life or, you know, I feel like maybe once before and I'm like, oh my God, somebody else with one hand. But besides that, like there's, nobody else and i feel like once you get into adaptive sport like once you have that introduction to one person it's kind of like pandora's box so like you see all of like the opportunities that you have the opportunities that you have to like um be within community with people that understand that can help you get the things that you need um both in adaptive sport and how to get the things that you need to adapt to your traditional sport um but I, we didn't have that and neither did my parents. So it was just kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, like you want to go do it, figure it out. Like, <laughs> okay. And yeah. thankfully I had me and my coaches were like, awesome. Like she just was like, okay, we're going to figure it out. And I never got treated any differently. So I was blessed in that aspect. I was going to ask, obviously born without, uh, born without one hand, if you were treated differently, if, if you were treated as, you know, someone that, that has a disability and is not abled as, you know, some people in society perceive, uh, you know, anyone with a, with a, that's different than them perhaps. Yeah. I never, it's, it's weird. It's not weird, but it's weird because I feel like kids get bullied for everything. Um, and I never got bullied. I remember one time, like maybe like third or fourth grade we got because I went to private school so these are the same kids that you like go through each grade with and I remember we got a new kid and somebody was like Nikki he said something about your hand and we like went as a group and we confronted him and I was like did you say something <laughs> he's like no I just didn't know you had one hand that was my only encounter besides that like I never got bullied my coaches never treated me differently um, for tryouts, it was never like, oh, well, you know, we don't know. Never, ever, 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 ever. Um, and it's really cool, too, because I feel like 
because we're so like dispersed within the country, coaches that do have adaptive athletes, they're probably only, unless you're like in a, in an area that has like adaptive programs, they're probably only going to experience you as like their adaptive athletes. Um, but my high school coach, I coached under her. She got um, a one-handed girl just like me three years ago. Really? Yeah. So I was like, what are the odds? Like, you have two athletes. <laughs> and she was super excited. And like, it's just so cool because it's like, oh, you already went through it with me. Like, now you like, you have experience to like go through it with somebody else. And yeah, it was so super cool. And, like the girl did volleyball. She did tennis. Like, I don't know. It's just so super cool. So, yeah. So it wasn't a once in a lifetime experience for her as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> like just so crazy. I'm like, what are the odds? <laughs> well, and and to kind of to your point, you know, you were born that way, so you you, you just that's you adapted easily and yeah. immediately, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know anything different. So <laughs> let's let's see how it's going to look for me. And if you're wanting it a certain way. Let me see how what you want the outcome to look like, and then let me do it my way, so I can make sure the outcome kind of looks the same. So, yeah. well, my wife's a third grade teacher, and to your point about you know kids, sometimes they don't need a reason. They don't need a reason to bully, right? I mean, they're yeah. they any any easy little thing to grab upon grab on. So the fact that you didn't have that experience is is, is amazing. A blessing, <laughs> a yeah. blessing for real. And then uh, obviously, you know. Um, and we'll, we'll talk specifically about volleyball, but in the other two sports that you played, how, I mean, were you, were you, did you excel at those sports as well? Um, running. So I was a sprinter. So I did the four by one. I did like the four by two, maybe once or twice, but I ran the hundred and the 200. I was okay. I could have been better, but like I said, track just wasn't my jam. So like, if I pushed myself at practice it's because I didn't want to disappoint my coach because I didn't like it. Um, same with like throwing shot and discus. It was okay. Um, and then for cheerleading, I was a back spot. So like really like maneuvering, throwing people up and catching them, which like, now that you think about it, it's like kind of cool. Cause like, again, nobody looked at me any differently and right. nobody ever had like the, Oh, it's a one handed girl with like the responsibility to catch this girl in the back. Um, so that was really cool. And to be honest, I feel like if anything, I really excelled at that one just because like putting like the strength to like put people up or like to throw people. So I don't know. I really liked cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> That's obvious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you definitely ex excelled at volleyball because right? I think in the high school, you were conference player of the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And, oh, man. and, uh, and so, um, how how did your team do, you know, at the at the state level and um state level level we didn't do that hot, but county wise we did great. Uh-huh. And man, like I just it's funny because I feel like generationally, like everything's shifting to like not necessarily pacify, but like you have to be a little softer and like your delivery of what you're trying to relay or softer and how you push the athletes nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to say that's a negative thing, but I feel like there's a very big difference in how you motivate athletes today and how you motivated athletes back when I was in high school. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> for me, I just, man, like she like would just be on me. So like my thing was like, Oh, I can be great 
And I think my coach thinks that can be great because she's not letting any crap slide. Um, and it was me and my best friend at the time. I think she had gotten like all county setter and stuff. And it was just like a dynamic duo. Like, because I was the middle and she was a setter. So it was just like everything just like worked well. And we took home awards and our, like we were the best team in the county. Um, so I don't know. Like I just... It was a really good feeling being able to like finish well in our county and be recognized for our hard work. Um, and even if like we didn't do well at state or whatever, like for me, I was like, oh, I was I was awesome. I was awesome because I exceeded expectations that like people had set for me or like the goals that were set for me. Like I exceeded them, you know, and even things as far as like fitness, like. I remember one time we we'd go to like summer camp each summer and one year she was like, you know, uh, we, we'd run two miles before we even went to the weight room. That really doesn't exist now. Uh, but she was like, your two mile time is slow. She's, and it, mind you, we're not runners. We're volleyball players. Right. Um, she's like, your two mile time is slow. And X, Y, and Z, and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, okay, like, dang. Like, yeah, it sucks, but, like, it doesn't hit as hard, right? Um, you want to get better, but it's not, like, something that's, like, killing me. And I remember she was like, if you can get your time down to this, if you can get a little lighter on your feet, if you can do this, she was like, I will pay for all of your camp expenses this summer to be my best friend. Boy, when I tell you, me and her were like, hard i literally i was like we're five pounds lighter we're faster our two miles is this time we're lifting this much heavier weight and she paid for everything like literally paid for everything yeah so i don't know like it's things like that where i'm just like oh i won i won like i was i was the greatest it was the greatest season and we we were the best and, and nikki when did you realize that that's something that you could do post high school um i think when I was approached by a coach, there was a small college by the name of Millsaps. Uh, I think they're out in Mississippi. They had like came out and they like did a camp at our school. And the guy was like, oh, like, I'm really interested in you coming to like play for our school. Um, and I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, like, I think you'd be an awesome middle. Um, and I ended up not going there. I went to Queens College. But <laughs> I feel like that was like the little light bulb that went off that I was just like, Oh, like, okay, let me just push a little bit further because like people are actually want me to like perform on their teams. So definitely that moment that summer. Yeah. And I was going to, I was going to mention that obviously you went back to New York city to, to go to college. And, and so why did you choose Queens college? Man, I literally, to be honest, we went back well, not going back, like my whole, like my mom's whole side is there. So we were visiting and I was with my childhood best friends and I don't even remember what we were doing. And I was like, oh, I just want to come back to New York. I just want to come back. And uh, I was like, let's just like go like stop around like Queens College because all the kids that I grew up with, they stayed at schools in the city. So they stayed within like the CUNY system. So City University of New York. Mm-hmm. But the majority of them went to QC. So I was like, everybody's going to Queens College. Like, let's just, like, walk around the campus. Like, I want to see what it looks like. So we, like, went. And literally, I was like, talk to the coach. Mind you, like, legitimately, like, not even, like, something that I had, like, pre-planned, like, just that day. So we, like, went into the office. And I remember, like, filling out 
like a form or something. And then she like reached out and she was like, hey, can you like send a video and yada, yada. So I sent one. And from there, they were like, hey, we want to offer you some money to come here. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but just literally for me, I was like, I'm going back to Queens. Like I'm going back to like where I'm from and like all my old buddies are here. And it's like so weird, right? Like you leave, you graduate from a different high school and you go back and it's like all of like your school friends again. Like <laughs> we're like eating and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to be back. Like I wanted to go back to the city. I wanted to go back to like the feeling that I had as a child. Yeah. And you still had family in the area and everything else, right? It's a family. Yeah. Everybody's still there. Yeah. So not only did you want to go back, but they offered you money. (laughs) Yes. It it worked (laughs) out. It worked out perfectly. So for anybody who's hearing this, like if you have a thought and a dream in your head, just go for it because you never know what's going to come out on the other side. Because the last thing I expected was for them to give me a scholarship and I got one. So, <laughs> yeah. And what was it like playing at the collegiate level? Um, at first it was a little annoying because I was the one-handed girl that was playing at Queens. Mm-hmm. And I hated that. And all through like high school and even middle school and stuff like it, it was never a thing. Like they looked at me as athlete first, mm-hmm. um, adaptation, disability after, um, and that cleans it. Oh my gosh. It, I just felt like it was like interview after interview, after call, after call. And I remember like at one point I just got tired of it and I was like, I don't want to do anymore. And they're like, well, so, such and such call them. They want to. And I was like, Mm-mm. like, I don't want to do anymore. Um, so that was really frustrating. Um, and to be honest, our coach, God rest her soul, she was super just, like, intense. Um, she cared about us as a family off of the court. So it was nice. Like, I just, it felt like it was family. So, like, Thanksgiving, she'd be like, oh, you guys want to come to my house? So we'd, like, stop at her house. I remember the dorms weren't built yet. So I, like, stayed at her house for a little while until they were finished because we had to go in for preseason. I would randomly bring us food, bring us desserts. But, like, at practice... Oh man, like this lady was like so like in intense. Like I after her, I was like, oh, they're like other coaches might piss me off, but they will never get me like she did. Like <laughs> they will never get me like she did. I, I look, she she made me strong, I tell you. Um, but yeah, no, it was just super, super intense. And then like even conditioning, so. I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's so different now. Like not saying that conditioning isn't tough, but like, I remember vomiting and like doing conditioning for like two days. I used to call it hell week. And you mm-hmm. do conditioning for two days and then you have practice for two days. And like, by the time you get home, like back to your room, you're exhausted. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was intense. And then at that time, my major was biology. Oh, really? I, Biology and uh, sport did not mix for me at all. Look, if we look at me now, I finished with sociology. Not to say that it's easier, but <laughs> but um, I just, oh my God. I remember like nights calling my mom like in tears. I was like, I have an exam tomorrow and I don't know what's going on and I'm tired and I have to study. Um, so it was, it was tough. It was intense. It was tough, but it's probably, man, like I had like the, some of the best moments of my life, so. Yeah, but like the coach was like, just flipped a switch apparently, huh? From one. She did. And then when it was over, it was like nothing. And I'm like, lady. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And when did you, when was your kind of first 
exposure, you know, to kind of the world of other people with disabilities. Was it a summer camp that you went to or worked yeah, at? Yeah, so funny. I ended up only playing a year at Queens College because I decided to just fully transition over to uh, sitting volleyball. Um, I want to say maybe like almost at a year, maybe a year that it took them to like continue to like try like, oh, we think you should play this. And I was like, oh, no. Um, and not because, like, I thought it was less than me, just because I felt like I had proven myself in the traditional world, especially after a season where, like, people were just bugging me all the time about being the one-handed player. Like, I didn't want to go do an adaptive sport now. Um, but finally, I went and I did a camp, an adapt. uh sitting camp for the, it was called A2 at that time uh, for developmental team. And it was in San Antonio at Fort Sam Houston. Um, If I remember correctly, I was the only girl and it was full of military men, both active and uh, retired. And I remember feeling so stupid because I'm like with these individuals who have gone to war and have lost their limbs, like defending my freedoms. Um, and they're like, okay. Like they were just like fine with it. And here I am, like, I'm always walking around like hand covered um, and not wanting to be seen as the one-handed girl. Uh, so I just, I remember crying. Cause I was like, my God, like, I feel so dumb. Like I was born with one hand. Like that's all that I know. And they literally like are missing a limb because they almost lost their life. Um, That first camp was a little rough, especially coming from standing to sitting. Um, Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) I remember Elliot Blake. He was like, how was your first camp? And I was like, it was okay. Um, (laughs) I really wanted to be like, Uh, but you know, I didn't want to mean. And he was like, just okay. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, but I decided to go back and honestly, like I loved it because I finally felt like I had people that were like me and it didn't necessarily mean that they had to be born like me, but they knew what it was to struggle through a drill. Cause you're trying to figure out what works for you. They knew what it was to not want people to look at your disability first, but actually look at you as an athlete first and how much hard work that you're putting in. Um, or people that have gone through some of the same issues that I have that could actually give me advice or they're going through them with me that we can kind of console each other through it. So just a community of people that were just like me who were adaptive mm-hmm. athletes. And I think that's 50%, like 50% of if it's like love of the game. I love to be competitive. It's a new space for me. Um, I have to use my head more. Um, and then the other 50% is just community. Like I'm finding more people that are just like me. I'm building with them. And then through that, like learning about all these other sports, um, like wheelchair basketball, wheelchair tennis, like bocce ball, like literally just mind blown. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like it's literally an entire world that I never even knew existed. And it's only because I said yes to coming to a camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was back in 2011. Awesome. And you mentioned something that that struck me, you know, obviously as a kid, you didn't experience a lot of, you know, you didn't stand out, if you will, um, uh, according to your own experience. But do you feel like you stand out more as an adult? I mean, do you think or do you think adults are, you know, I mean, I always think kids are cruel and can be cruel to each other. But do you think the adult space is is equal or more so? Um, 
if anything, I feel like I stand out more as an adult only because I'm more vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I realized that, man, it would have been so helpful to like see or have somebody like me when I was young. Now I'm like, okay, like, let me be like more vocal about it. So like, I try to use like my space to like show people how I lift weights, show people how I play volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Instagram, just social media can be really, really fake. So just trying to be like real about it and transparent when I'm having a, a low time because I'm not excelling the way that I want to excel in my sport or I'm having a great time because I'm finally being recognized. Um, as well as like different opportunities with different corporations that I have. Um, they're also allowing me to use my voice in those spaces to say the same thing. So it basically be the uh, representation that I want to to see or needed to see as a child. So if anything, I feel like now it's more kind of like really out there. <laughs> Rather than when I was a kid, I was just fighting so hard to just like fit in and not be seen. Like I just wanted to be just like everybody else. No, absolutely. That makes sense. And so you, so obviously you go to this developmental camp and you, mm-hmm. and you, and you keep at it, you make the national team, uh, you go to the 2016 Paralympics. What was that like? Um, funny story. I joined in 2011, the games were in 2012 and my coach, uh, his delivery to me was, um, I wasn't going to go to London for other factors, but, um, he said, well, you're not going to London, but the good news is at least I know you'll be around for Rio. <laughs> and I was so upset. And I remember going to like the next practice and I put uh, duct tape on my chest and it, it said Rio 2016. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everybody was like, oh my gosh, Nikki. And I was like, I'm just, I'm here training. Like I'm right. getting this better for 2012, but I'm Rio 2016. Uh, and then it 2016 trainee, it. right? <laughs> yeah. So it's so weird because you get on, you don't go, and then literally you blink your eyes and Rio is here and you're in it. And um, you've also adopted the mentality of like, we need to beat China and it's your team. And we did it right like a few months before, I think it was May, Intercontinental 2016. We finally beat China in five and then we go to Rio and we beat them for a gold medal. So kind of surreal kind of weird like seeing the fruits of your labor and like super super grateful that I was able to see it because man like there's so like it's the games is just like this big thing you know and like everybody has like a different like story to tell about it mm-hmm. um and my god like there's just so many like blessings that come with it right so like wow like blessed that we qualified and we got to go blessed that we were in uh, the gold medal match and then blessed that we won. Like everything that we wanted and we worked hard for, we we got. There's so many athletes that go and they work hard for it and they never see the podium, you know? Or so many athletes that work hard and they never uh, qualify to go. So just really cool to just see everything, like a well-oiled machine and then winning in Rio is really cool. Well, and, and you know, the fact that 2011... Uh, it was obviously just a year before 2012. That would have been a that would have been a heck of a a quick acceleration for a lot of athletes, anyway, right? Just a mm-hmm. a year in a program and then and then getting to get, getting to the Paralympics. Yeah. So even though but you, you know what, sometimes it happens because Tokyo was a big mind game for everybody, and there was a lot yeah. of athletes that didn't think they were they were going to go that got to go. Some athletes have only been on the team for maybe two years and got to go. 
I literally got sick and didn't get to. So like, legitimately, I just feel like, man, like you, you just never know. Like whatever's meant for you is meant for you and it's going to happen. And it might sound crazy, but after Tokyo, I'm like, oh, I believe that. <laughs> I, I believe it a hundred percent. Yeah. And I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. Cause obviously again, you worked a lot of, you put a lot of time and effort into it. Uh, and, and, you know, and I had success in 2016 and then, you know, and then to get sick and that, you know, that's, that's, that's not easy. Right. And, and it's part of the ups and downs of, <laughs> of sport, you know, to have, you know, just an experience like that. So uh, I'm sure it was difficult and devastating for you. Right. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things that I've gone through in my life. Um, just because again, like the whole world's going through a pandemic. We didn't know if it was going to happen. It gets postponed. We're literally like, I'm out at our training center. We're wearing masks. Like we're just, it's a stressful, stressful time. Um, so, and I literally like three days before we left, I tested positive. So it's just, I don't know. Like it just, I don't want to say that it was taken away from me because again, like I say, if it was meant for me to be there, I would have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just goes to show that like anything can happen. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think any of my hard work was in vain because it's still a team, right? So like in some way, shape or form, iron sharpens iron. I helped sharpen my teammates. Um, I helped support them. We talked while they were there. And although it was super hard for me, it was still, it still helped me too, like knowing that I could support you in some way. And we are cry on the, we'll cry on the phone together and uh even katie i spoke with katie and we'll talk about like a crappy game um because as stressful as it was for me to be home i didn't want to watch the games like i just i didn't oh yeah. um, <laughs> like stressful for them to be there and to be in a bubble and to have to test every day and like and, and it wasn't only me that was out it was another teammate and another coach so like it just one of the hardest times of my life and man i'm just glad that it's over number one <laughs> Glad that we brought home another gold medal, number two. And uh, I don't know if anything, I came out of that situation stronger and like just super ready for Paris, super ready to qualify for Paris and just like lights out. Like when I get there, I just want to be like everything. Everybody's like, oh my God, here comes Nikki. Like that's that's where I want to be. Like you guys got a break from Tokyo. Now I'm coming back in Paris. And that's probably, yeah, you just hit the reset button, right? All right. All right. I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm really hungry now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Now I'm starving. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's been so long since I've ate. <laughs> yeah. And um, you're coaching volleyball too, right? In addition to being part of the national team? I used to, but I don't anymore. Okay. I let it go in 2021. Um, just to kind of focus on training full-time and I'm also in grad school and um, I signed with Nike and Citibank. So being able to have the flexibility to travel with them as well, because I already left a lot as a coach. So I'm just like, that's just a lot more leaving and just more stress, especially as a grad student. So right now my coaching hat is on the side. (laughs) Uh Yeah. Well, and you're also wearing, I mean, are you wearing a number of hats? Cause the other hat I was going to ask you about is your nonprofit limitless people. Yeah. And why did you want to start this nonprofit? Yeah, I just, I know that I was super fortunate and blessed to be able to be where I am because my family had the resources. Um, We were placed in an area where I was able to excel. Um, 
I tell people all the time that volleyball is a country club sport. If you want to be seen at the high level, you have to be playing basically year round. And to play at these clubs or to even be exposed to having a child go to a camp, a club can run you anywhere from like five to $8,000 to have your kid play for a few months. A camp could run you $800 to go for a weekend. It's just super, super expensive. And on top of that, like where are you located uh, geographically, right? Um, and what demographic is that clinic trying to reach? So like there's just so many barriers place everywhere. And in my head, I was just like, okay, if I can provide more opportunity for people to either play or to learn, um, what what does it look like? So like doing camps, doing clinics, um, I've done Zoom meetings, um, more exposure to sitting volleyball as well. So when I do sitting volleyball clinics, I don't want just people who are adaptive to play. I want everybody to play because I want it to be something that's normalized. Like it, it's volleyball, but this is an aspect that we play in. And that's why I'm always like, oh, traditional volleyball and sitting volleyball. Like, <laughs> no, not normal volleyball. It's traditional. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just more exposure, more resource, just trying to help in any way that I can, because I know that I I made it to the what I deem as the top. A lot of people don't get to go to the games. So what would somebody else be able to achieve if they only had like one or two percent of what I have? So. So it's really just out of the, the passion that you have for the sport yeah. of football, right? Yeah, for sure. And and you and you hit the nail right on the head. The sport is becoming more and more expensive for a lot of people, and, it's, and so not just volleyball, but other sports. You know, it's it's a da- access issue. Uh, yeah. For many, whether it's whether it's cost or you know availability or geography, as you mentioned, because I know in adaptive sports, geography is a big challenge. It's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to just share that we've not talked about? Um, what else about me? Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So I'm in grad school for clinical mental health. That's so I right. mental health is like a really big thing. And so funny when I started playing city volleyball, I was very anti, like, I'm not talking about my feelings. Um, and then now after like 11 years, I'm like, so tell me how you feel. How are you processing that? <laughs> My teammates and I make a joke. I'm like, let me therapize. That's your sociology and your master's degree coming into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like all like joining together. So Mm -hmm. that for sure is a big aspect of my life. Another thing that's a big aspect is I'm a believer. I love Jesus. Um, So I'm always saying like, oh, I've been blessed. And I 100% like I would not be here today had it not been for my parents. And for Jesus, I feel like every opportunity that I have had to speak my peace and show diversity is through his grace and mercy. And I just, I love him for that. And uh, lastly, I believe in representation a hundred percent of the time, because not only am I an adaptive athlete, so I'm disabled, I'm a black athlete, but I'm also a Latina. I'm Puerto Rican and I'm a black Puerto Rican. So it's something that people also don't see. Um, You don't see us in spaces like volleyball or if you do with maybe like one or two. So just showing everybody out there that you could look different, but we do exist and we're in spaces and continue to use your voice and your platform to create a better world. So which side of the family was Puerto Rican? Everybody. Yeah. I'm 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And lastly, then I want to make sure that people if they either want to connect to you or learn more about your nonprofit. Can you share either websites or social media handles? Yeah. So social media um, is going to be concerned with Nikki Nevis. Um, and my nonprofit is called Limitless People Incorporated. So Limitless People INC. Um, you can find it just like that on Instagram. 
And if you want to look at the website, it's the same thing, limitlesspeopleinc.org.